0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio.
1: And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Forsyth Business Radio. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio today by three community leaders, some who you might know and some who you're going to get to know. Today in studio, it is my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Bill Lampton, better known as the biz communications guy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bill.
2: Terrific to be with you.
1: Thank you for coming. And we also have Mr. Matt Henderson, who is a benefits advisor for Oak... Bridge, Oak Bridge, Oak Bridge, and he'll tell us more about that later. Welcome to the show, Matt.
3: Honored to be here. Thank you.
1: And last but certainly not least, we have Mr. Carter Patterson from Coming Cigar in the house. Good morning, sir.
3: I am so excited to be here, Amanda. Thank you.
1: I'm excited to have you. And Carter brought me a little, um, a cigar, and he'll have to tell us a little bit more about that because I am a rookie in the cigar world, and it is beautiful, and it's got a nice band on it that is branded, and you know, I'm all about the branding. But I'll let you tell the listeners a little bit more about um, what it entails as the show unfolds. So first of all, thank you for being here. I know our listeners are excited for a great show. All of you offer um, a wide range of knowledge in your own fields. And I'm going to give you a chance to share with our listeners a little bit about what you do and your enthusiasm for the community. Dr. Bell, you see me looking at you. So I'm going to tee you up and let you tell our listeners a little bit about the Biz Communications Guy and all the other facets of what you've been doing lately.
2: Very fine, thank you. I really became fascinated with the power of communication when I was a college student, Amanda. I remember so well taking a required speech course, which is about the only reason people would take them, (laughs) and never dreaming that one day I would be teaching speech communication at the University of Georgia years later. And in that course, I was fascinated by the fact that if someone researched a topic If they were enthusiastic about it, if they presented it well and persuasively, they could change somebody's opinion in just even 10 minutes. And that was fascinating to me. And at the same time, I was a history major. I noticed how much communication played a part in history. And behind every world movement, there was a great communicator if it was Franklin Roosevelt or Winston Churchill or Mahatma Gandhi and later on Martin Luther King Jr. So I've dedicated my life and career to the study and the teaching and the coaching of communication.
1: And delivery of information is something that you do quite concisely. I know sometimes myself, I stumble on my thoughts. My brain works quicker than my mouth can spit out what I have to say. But everything that you present is so poised and so intentional, and that's something that I admire greatly about you.
2: Well, thank you. It, it's uh, not something that happened the year I started. <laughs> and I, I, The main thing I do now, Amanda, is that I help executives and future executives with their communication challenges and problems and the reason I do that and the reason I'm qualified to do that I spent 20 years in management after my career of teaching at the University of Georgia I spent 20 years in management at the vice presidential level in both healthcare and higher education and I, I noticed of course uh excellent role models, but I also noticed many managers, supervisors, CEOs, CIOs, who had strong communication deficiencies, and of course, I had some of those myself. There were things that I learned about what to do and what not to do, and I have spent the time as a full-time communication consultant since 1997 working with people as the biz communication guy.
1: Now tell me, because it's so fun to say the biz communication guy, obviously you've abbreviated business and um, why dubbing yourself the guy? Tell me a little bit about behind coming up with your brand name.
2: I have, um, I have a podcast by that name. I also, Interview as I've done you, I've interviewed people on video, formerly on Zoom, and now I've switched to Streamyard. But to me, it's a it's a moniker that summarizes very quickly what I offer, and you could say business communication, but biz communication is catchy catchy and Uh it's a bit more memorable.
1: I like it. And yes, I was going to share with uh, Matt and Carter that I've had a chance to come on to the biz communication guy. This was during the pandemic and this is before uh, my partner Steve Cooper and I formally launched Business Radio X here in Forsyth. And Dr. Bill was kind enough to host me kind of uh, to get some content out as a teaser as what we were getting ready to do. And it was a wonderful experience. I've since gone through your archives and I've listened into some previous interviews, and you and the people that you host, OFTRA, offer a lot of valuable information.
2: Well, I've been very fortunate in in landing great guests, And, and the wonderful thing, of course, about technology is, and I was thinking about this just the other day, I haven't cranked my car or gotten on an airplane, and yet I've interviewed people from England, from Canada, from California. Obviously, uh, some from Georgia. And I think by now, somewhere around 60 or so weekly individual guests on the Biz Communication Show. I learn something every time. My listeners and viewers learn something every time. And, of course, it's a, it's a challenge to me to provide the right questions and to become the host. And, as you know, I had a, a long time... Uh, I I guess I would call it um, not quite a hobby, but it never was a full-time profession in radio. Uh I've I've been in radio for uh, quite a few decades, Uh starting, incidentally, when I was on the faculty at University of Georgia. When I was there, they had just started the campus radio station. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the station manager the second year and saying, you call this a campus radio station, but... You don't have any faculty on here. You only have students. So I offered to host and was given the opportunity to host a one-hour weekly radio show on WUOG. We called it Dialogue. I had a great time. That was probably my first uh, uh, continuing experience in radio. And I still have a love for it, and that's why I'm here.
1: Obviously, yes, your passion shines through. We're going to come back to some of those passions here in just a minute, Dr. Bill, but I want to bring our other guests into the conversation. I'm going to parlay over to Mr. Matt Henderson, who is a benefits advisor for Oakbridge. Um, Matt and I have met through Rotary in the past, but here recently we had an opportunity to sit down and get to know each other a little bit more. And that's where I got to learn about Matt's robust background in flooring, which has nothing to do with what he's doing now, but he's very knowledgeable about a multitude of things. And he's very enthusiastic about not only the service, but the information that he provides for his clients, friends and the community through Oakbridge. So I'm going to let Matt introduce himself and share a little bit about the great work that he does.
0: Well, appreciate that. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here with, with all you guys. And uh, yeah, uh, my 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 flooring background actually got me here uh-huh. um, because uh, I was a I was a for ten years a, a, a rep and then a sales manager for a, a specialty flooring company, and had a great time with that uh, with that firm, and learned a lot. And but while I was there, I was experiencing like everyone else the uh, the the rising high cost of healthcare insurance and uh, for my family coverage, and I started asking a lot of questions and. I just happened to know some of the right people at the right time who had peeled the onion and were following the money. And I realized some of the perverse incentives in the, in the, in the healthcare cost industry. So a a line that I like to use is we don't necessarily have a healthcare crisis. We have a healthcare cost crisis. And so I found a group that was dedicated to, to reversing those trends and bringing awareness and transparency to the situation. So employers who are the majority of the plan sponsors in health in healthcare insurance for employees can make informed decisions and, uh, and thus hopefully reverse and back up the cost of healthcare for their employees.
1: Absolutely. Share with our listeners, because they might not know you as in depth as I do, how that experience in the flooring world translated into what you're doing now with Oakbridge.
0: Well, I think the, I've always been one to challenge the status quo and ask a lot of questions, and so I did that with uh, th- when I was learning my, the craft in the in with uh, with that firm in the flooring world, and so it was just that that constant asking questions. I, I'm the kind of guy that's uh, likes to know sometimes how the watch was made when I ask what time it is, and sometimes that's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse, but that's what led me to just continuing asking those questions. and And one time uh, when I asked. The question of uh, of our, our our then broker, the answer that I got got my attention when it was, you need to stop asking questions and let me finish my meeting. Oh. so I took that as a challenge.
1: Okay, very nice. Now, what was it about Oakbridge that lured you to align yourself with that firm?
0: Um, Oakbridge Insurance is a, is a large firm with a with both. PNC, property and casualty insurance uh, advisors, as well as uh, employee benefits. I focus on the employee benefits. I don't really speak PNC uh, lingo very well. And our focus on the benefits side is the transparency, uh, the, the fact that we're trying to change uh, the, the status quo and bring awareness and transparency to our our client employers so that they can make those informed decisions and when they allow us to we we recommend and help deploy those strategies to bring transparency and, and lower those costs and uh, it's it's very rewarding and, and fulfilling.
1: Who are the types of people that you look to provide benefits for like what types of companies what size?
0: great uh, employers with twenty five or more in uh, full- time employees
1: okay. Mm-hmm. so from 25 to 5000 exactly that a little... yeah, okay. right Very mm-hmm. nice.
0: that that's a, it's a broad range uh-huh. but that is the that's the, the the majority of american employer or americans work for a firm in that in that range unfortunately i'd love to be able to work for indivi- to help individuals but um, there isn't a, a market for that but our focus is employer based health plans
1: I understand. So, maybe someone, well, I don't know how many employees Carter has at the cigar shop, but give an example of somebody, too. You're like me, yeah, just a couple men on the team. Um, give an example of a success story that you've had with a local company that you've been able to help on the benefits side.
0: Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, we became the broker of record uh, for, which advisor of record is another way to say that, uh, for a firm uh, with about 25 employees here in, in, in the local community. And they were with uh, Aetna, uh, with their health insurance, and they got a 40% rate increase, asked us to take a look at it, and um, we said, well, we'll certainly see what we can do. And we were able to turn that 40% increase into a 5% decrease just wow. by taking them uh, self-funded. We exposed to them some of the things and, and their the, the risks as well. I mean, there's, there's – a lot of uh, things to understand when you go to a, a self-funded insurance plan versus a fully insured. But that opens up a world of possibilities of taking control of your own, uh, the vendors and the players that are embedded within it.
1: Definitely. Well, congratulations! It sounds like uh, you made them happy too because you were able to save them save them some money.
0: They're still a client.
1: Awesome. Well, I know that you and I had a very, uh, we'll say, strong conversation about your passion for a lot of the inner workings of the healthcare system. Do you care to share any of those points, um, or would you care to share any any part of that message with our audience, because it's something that you're very passionate about?
0: If you guys would all take a look at the screen, I've got a 97-point <laughs> death by PowerPoint presentation all, all queued up. Um, I, can, I tend to get deep in the weeds. Uh, I'll try not to do that, but the bottom line is uh, the healthcare billing industry, uh, the status quo business is um, there's a lot of perverse incentives and a lot of those have just developed within the last 10 or 15 years. So what we need is more transparency and what we bring is an awareness of that so that business owners can make an informed decision about their own spend.
1: Very nice. And I'm sure that if anybody out there listening wanted to have a more in-depth conversation that they could get in touch with you directly and you'd be happy to unpack that, as Absolutely. they like to say in the biz, Dr. Uh, Bill, unpack that for them. And we'll give you a chance to share your contact information at the end of the show, Matt. Sure. Let's bring Mr. Carter Patterson into the uh, conversation. Welcome to the show, Carter.
3: It's so good to be here. You know, I grew up, all my mother always saying that I had a face for radio.
1: You do. <laughs> and if me and Bill had a dollar for every time we heard that, we'd be able to retire. <laughs> Wouldn't
2: we have- we you ever.
1: are the owner, and the um, you, the you came up with the concept of coming Cigar, but in addition, I'd like to congratulate you and recognize you for your new presidential role for the Lanier Forsyth Rotary Club.
3: Why, thank you very much. you I, I very much enjoy Rotary. Uh, going back to coming Cigars, I'm one of three owners, okay. and it was really Eric Bennett's idea to have a cigar company. He always wanted to have one, and... Uh, he wanted to do it at the old Sinclair Gas Station in downtown Cumming.
1: So for those of you listening, that's just about, what, maybe a, a mile away from where we're sitting right now? Probably How about you? a
3: mile, yes. And that building uh, is one of the original downtown Coming buildings. It's been here, it was built in 1920, and most of the other buildings in downtown Cumming just aren't here anymore. Yeah, you know, we didn't have... A lot to save, but uh, that building was built by Roy Otwell, who the middle school is named Mm -hmm. after, as a Sinclair gas station. And about 15 years ago, the city of Cumming bought that building, refurbished it to its original condition, and lo and behold, it's going to be the Cumming City Visitor Center. (gasps) Really? Really? Yes! Wow!
1: Congratulations!
3: And it never happened.
1: Oh no! <laughs> I was going to say, what a multi-use facility that you have there. Yes,
3: yes. The uh, the administration at the time, uh, you know, put all this uh, taxpayer initiative funding into refurbishing this beautiful building. And when it came time to open the visiting center, they just decided, you know, we probably don't have that many visitors right now, so it never opened as a visitors center. But it was used. By a lot of the citizens in Forsyth County to come and take, you know, drive their show, fancy show car or to take prom pictures. And it did that for yeah. about 10 to 12 years, just sat there getting, staying beautiful right. and getting pictures <laughs> taken. Uh-huh. And uh, when the new mayor, when Troy Brumbelow was was elected, uh, Mayor Brumbelow wanted to use. I mean, it's a city asset. It needed to bring some revenue back to the taxpayers that funded it. And uh, we approached him to open a cigar shop there and uh, took a little arm twisting. But uh, some uh, council members were a little unclear about whether or not they should allow cigar smoking in a city-owned uh, building. gas yeah. station. In a gas station right
1: (laughs) well are you i'm unfamiliar the only time i've stepped foot in a cigar shop was maybe to purchase a present twice in my life and those ones you could smoke the cigars inside is your shop in inside smoking and outside smoking or only outside
3: we are a whopping 900 square feet and i would say about half of that is probably our bar area and where the restroom is so uh the other part is for, certainly for sitting down and enjoying and enjoy a, a, a cigar, but we also have a, a nice large patio. Yes,
1: and that is what is always so eye-catching to me. Again, I apologize because I've not yet been in, but I'll have to come in with a friend and enjoy a beverage. Share with our listeners the offerings. I know you said you have a bar and you have a little, um, we'll call it a chill spot, but do you guys offer any um, food or do you have any yeah, tapas?
3: So when we first opened, we had a beer and wine license uh, to go with a cigar and- if you ask a lot of cigar aficionados, they really wanted a strong liquor drink as opposed to beer or wine. But in Forsyth County, as well as the city of Cumming, in order to sell liquor, you had to sell food. Mm. Was the primary method of getting able to sell liquor. And we're just too small to serve food. Right. We, we, you know, we don't have a grease trap. We don't have the staff. I mean, that's a major undertaking. Right. But the City of Cumming recently allowed us to...
1: Get your liquor license. To get
3: our liquor license, yes. So we are the only cigar shop in Forsyth County to offer uh, bourbon and spirits.
1: Wow, congratulations.
3: We're very excited.
1: I've been seeing a lot of your uh, social media posts for some up-and-coming events. Would you like to share with our listeners a little bit about what you guys have going on?
3: Yes, well, this Saturday we have our three-year anniversary, and uh, we started... (laughs)
1: <laughs> the crowd goes wild.,
3: you know, we opened the cigar shop just a few months before COVID, you know unleashed its tail on all of us, but uh, but we have survived, and uh, we're just celebrating three years. This Saturday, we'll have music, nice. uh, some food.
1: Might have to pop by. Absolutely. So those of you who are not from the Forsyth or the Cumming area, as Carter mentioned, it does sit very nicely on the corner and it's an old service station. So it's very eye-catching because it's kind of historical looking, as you mentioned. It's got like the green and the red accents and the old pumps even, if I'm not mistaken, right?
3: Yes. We kept the theme as a gas station and our logo closely resembles that of what uh, the Sinclair gas station had before us just to keep that. Yeah, (laughs) don't have the dinosaur, but uh, Sinclair had an HC. I think it was part of their fuel was hydrocarbon something or another fuel. So we have CC CC in in its place, but it's a nice round logo right there.
1: And they have a beautiful patio that has an awning or like one of those little stretch uh, shade things, and it's juxtaposed to City Hall. So those of you listening, I'm sure just give Coming Cigar a Google, and you'll be able to find it no problem.
3: And it's probably the safest cigar shop in America because we are right next to the county jail as well as the <laughs> sheriff's <laughs> office, and we have more sheriff's deputies walk by. And, yeah. <laughs>
1: Keep you safe. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about the cigar that you brought me, as I know nothing about cigars other than this looks mighty nice. And thank you for bringing it. Oh,
3: I'm so glad you asked. So that, you know, after years and years of experimentation, my partners and I came out with the perfect blend of a cigar.
1: So you actually made this cigar. This is your your own cigar blend. So this is made
3: made by a company in Daytona Beach, Florida, that puts our name on it. And, um, but it is... Of all the cigars we, we we sell at the cigar shop, that is my favorite cigar. The, mm. the, our own coming cigar brand is my f- absolute favorite. It's smooth. It's an easy smoke. Uh, it burns evenly. Does you know? checks all the boxes, I think, oh. is what you want to say. Well, I'm excited. Now, now, if you went to Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. and you stayed at the beautiful Wynn Resort, you'll see a Wynn Cigar. At that hotel, and that cigar will cost you about forty dollars. <laughs> hmm. Or you can come to beautiful Cumming, Georgia, and buy a Cumming cigar for about ten. So it's the same
1: <laughs> blend, is what Pre- you're saying? Similar. Much, yes. Ah, very nice. Yes. I
3: like to take credit, but I really can't.
1: <laughs> very. And, cool. and I
3: give a lot of kudos to Eric Bennett, who is the managing partner mm-hmm. of the cigar shop before. We entered into this uh, arrangement with the cigar shop. I probably smoked four cigars a year. Now I probably smoke four a month.
1: There you go. So about uh, one a week.
3: But I'm enjoying it.
1: Uh-huh. Good for you. And congratulations. I know you guys have a wonderful footprint here in the community. Thank you. Of course.
3: Still have live music on Fridays? We still have live music on Fridays. And then every now and then we'll throw a Saturday. in. as in this, this coming Saturday,
1: we, we will. So. I'm going to have to check it out. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to open up the floor to all of us to kind of have a discussion. There are some things that we all have in common here. As I mentioned, both Carter and Matt are part of the same Rotary Club, and I am a proud squatter on occasion. I know that throughout your um, tenure in the business world, Dr. Bill, that you have been a part of Kiwanis or some sort of group that you found as fruitful that probably had a similar um, mantra, which is, come on, fellas service over service self. self. yes very nice so let's talk a little bit about community participation strategic networking and giving back and I'll let anyone who wants to jump in about any one of those three kind of take the floor and we'll just see where the conversation takes us from there I'm looking at you Matt
0: I'll start <laughs> I joined rotary about four years ago and uh, my 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 job change into this role uh, allowed me the the local time and to 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 uh, get involved and, and and seek out community involvement. And I just by happenstance through a chamber event ran into someone who ended up being my, my rotary sponsor shout out to Ann Margaret Johnson. And I learned that there were four rotary clubs in the County. Three of them are lunch clubs and one of them is a breakfast club. And I thought, I think I like the sound of uh, the breakfast meeting. It doesn't really break up your day. And, and it turns out so I just joined that or went to that one to check it out and uh, fell in love with it and, Was honored to be asked to join, and I've been there for for like four years now. And I've made friends. I've uh, gotten involved in community projects. I've donated my time. I've volunteered, and uh, it's just it's it's a lot of fun. And I've learned a lot of things through all of our uh, exciting weekly speakers that we have.
1: Absolutely, and for those of you wondering what time that Breakfast Club meets, it's at seven thirty at 730. Northside Hospital. If you'd ever like to join, and but, but you better
3: called. play by eight thirty. You yeah. better be there by seven fifteen if, if you, want you want a good coffee parking and spot. That's right. Yeah, as well. Yes, and I uh, just let me add that uh, I, you know. So I am serving this year as the president of the Linear Forsyth Club, and each week we have a speaker that comes in. And in the five years that I have been a member of this club there are occasions where we have our own members as our speakers. And Matt's is one of the more memorable speakers that we've ever had. Thank you. Thank you. I know that everybody was very well engaged. It was during the the pandemic. It was during
0: COVID. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I I just talked about the, thank you for bringing that up. I, it was, it was about two, two years ago, right in the, in the thick of uh, COVID. There was, I think maybe 20 or 30 people in the room, as opposed to the hundred that we normally have. And I, my topic was uh, transparency in in drug pricing and what's really going on. And and if you've ever asked yourself, why is it and how is it that a free website such as GoodRx.com, among many others, why how is it that they can get a better deal on my prescription meds than my insurance? If you've ever wondered that, that's what we address on a day to day basis. So. It, it was fascinating,
3: and everybody in a Rotary meeting is generally a business person. But we're not supposed to talk about or try to sell products right. amongst each other. We're just supposed to feed off of each mm-hmm. other. And that was a perfect example of Matt coming in and saying, we all buy prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I think everybody, you know, was it's paying eye-opening, attention, yeah. eye-opening, and uh, learned a lot from that.
1: You and I had that exact same conversation, and that was also eye-opening for me.
0: It's There's a lot of shenanigans going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Dr. Bill?
2: Well, I commend both of you for your Civic Club involvement. Before I became a professional speaker and started traveling very widely and very regularly, I I was a, a member of Civic Clubs. I remember a great Rotary Club in Owensboro, Kentucky, where I was a member, and that carried on a family tradition because my father had founded a Rotary Club in my small hometown of Columbia, Mississippi. And then I've been a Kewanian in Gainesville, Georgia. And then when you talk about speakers, I have loved many opportunities to speak to civic clubs. It's it's a great way to share some tips and strategies about communication that I learned both academically, but more important, practically. And so I I welcome the opportunities to to speak to civic clubs. I I'm constantly grateful for the contributions that clubs make and the way that they they raise contributions for worthy causes and they put on events that help the community. So I, I commend you two for for your leadership in your club. Well thank you, Doctor. I, I, I will say what I get out of
3: Rotary is that I feel much closer to my community and what's going on. Absolutely. If you really want to know what's going on in your hometown, go join a service organization. And in Forsyth County, Rotary is the, I believe, is the predominant service organization. And yeah. another area it might be Kiwanis. It might be Optimus. And those are, and we have some great uh, service organizations uh, that addition, are represented. Great. Uh, in Forsyth County, but uh, we have five Rotary clubs. Matt, don't don't, don't leave Johns Creek out. <laughs> <you know. laughs> they're right on the border, but, uh, but we of keep them. The so.
1: great things that we do. Um, I had the great pleasure of participating in the Derby the Kentucky Derby um, fundraiser this year, which was quite the to-do. And I will let you, Carter, share a little bit more um, about that with our audience. But I want to just share with Dr. Bill because he has a large uh, footprint in the nonprofit community. This is where it's going to tie in as far as our conversation. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you choose 12 nonprofits to equally distribute the proceeds? It's
3: it's around 12, 12. but the number grows throughout the year as they pop up.
1: And so to give you kind of a synopsis, and Carter, please jump in, and help me fill in the blanks, because it was my first year, and I was a proud sponsor, whoop, whoop, for Side Business Radio. We appreciate X. it. Who was the gentleman's house that it was at? Because what a wonderful estate So, that that was.
3: So one of our founding members is Dr. Michael Hogan, mm-hmm. and he lives on a street with uh, two others that uh, are also members of our Rotary Club, and their street basically becomes the derby party party, yes and this isn't just your everyday american home this is an estate home he has a helicopter pad Mm -hmm. in front and most of us don't have helicopters that's where we're able to park the
1: show cars for display
3: yes so um you know dr hogan has had a successful life as a doctor and in business as well as his neighbors uh as well and uh they put on quite a show and he
0: graciously offers up the the use of his of his grounds his right. estate for the party for years and it's 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 such a wonderful place to 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 have such a such an event.
1: It was really a big yeah. to-do. Like, there were shuttles. I mean, I parked at a church, and I was shuttled to, or actually, I parked at a funeral home. Shout-out to uh, Lauren McDonald, because his bus is the one that shuttled me, and shuttled me to the grounds, as you said. And there were tastings of all sorts of spirits. There was entertainment. There were women with headdresses as big as me. Of mm-hmm. course, they had a tent that had uh, the TVs for all of the racing as well. Carter was dressed like a jockey, that was the best thing.
3: I had a lot of fun with that outfit <laughs> yes. uh, on, as being the being the lead jockey that day.
1: Yes, so. he was. Everybody else had on, all the fellows had on seersucker and like lapels and, and Carter was the jockey. I was like, yes. And so that's got, like
2: quite an event.
1: A nice photo. But all that, Dr. Bill goes, all the proceeds with the exception of the cost of, of putting on the event, 100% is distributed equally amongst the participating nonprofits. So the give back aspect of Rotary is really profound. Mm -hmm. And I know that that nonprofit um, presence also speaks to you.
2: Yes. uh, I I worked in the nonprofit arena during my career. I was uh, the development officer for colleges and then eventually for a medical center. And I know that in every community, particularly in, in Georgia, where I've lived now for a very long time, the communities are immensely benefited by so many charitable organizations and it's up to the community to make sure that those organizations are funded by charitable gifts to continue what they they offer and in any community that i'm familiar with if you were to take away the charitable organizations the 501c3 organizations the community would suffer immensely
1: absolutely one
2: example that i can uh, that i'd like to bring up our club was
3: founded right around uh, the first uh, right around 2000 with its main number one fundraising goal to put driving machines in all of the high schools i think there was only two at the time and they didn't have the driving simulators
1: what is and, that? I'm sorry, they didn't have that when I was in high school.
3: So the driving <laughs> simulators, basically, to teach students how to drive their oh, car, literally. virtual okay. driver's ed, but in a simulator, so that you can take real world events that you can't really teach, such Good as deer running out in the road, exactly, um, or you know, losing a tire or something of that nature. The schools, you know, at the time. You know, we're the number one school in Georgia now, but we weren't always the number one school in Georgia, and and our club funded these driving simulators in all of the high schools, right. and we've been doing that for about twenty years. We've participated in it, and it's been a, now now they they're all fully funded by the school system, and uh, but it was a wonderful program. And Doctor Hogan, who's huh? we were just talking about, was tired of working at Northside Hospital and seeing all of these 16-year-olds coming in with severe injuries. And so it was his idea and thought to put this charity uh, together that our Rotary Club has been funding for years. Wow.
1: That's
2: fabulous. I've, I've heard, of course, of airlines, uh, pilot simulators. I've got a brother who's a pilot, and he has to go through that. Every now and then, but I didn't know they had that far driving. That's great.
1: They definitely didn't when I was in school. I learned how to drive on my parents' 1993 Toyota Corolla 5-speed. And and she got a couple bumps and bruises along the way. So, shout out to all the first cars that will be saved through the simulation process. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, because we're getting to know you professionally and a lot of people know you already through the community I want to learn something fun and personal about each of you so if you would please share a fun fact or something quirky that everybody might not know and I'm thinking of a few Dr. Bell because I know you personally but um, I just want to learn something different that others might not know about you if you're willing to share. And I will lead because I put you guys on the spot. So uh, I am an Orange Theory fitness enthusiast. That is where I go not only to gain mental clarity, but that is where I find that my energy is matched or superseded. I am a very high volume, high energy gal. And when I walk into Orange Theory, it's very spirited and that's kind of my happy place. So if you follow me on social media, you definitely see me check in with some positive posts that kind of help uh, give the brand a little bit of vavoom.
2: Well, I guess there's one thing that uh, the people that I'm very closest to in my neighborhood and have been for over 30 years uh, would not know about me, and that is that I'm a former fatty. Uh, I remember so well when I was in graduate school at Ohio University. One day I looked around at the students who were there and the undergraduates, and I thought, what has happened to me in just a few years? And so I began jogging. I in fact I I did not even have a, a pair of running shoes. I remember the first day I ran I ran in street shoes just <laughs> just, just to start running. So but uh, starting then I became very disciplined and and now weigh uh, 41 pounds less than I did then. Well done. And I start the morning every day especially now during this heat. Uh, I've already walked one and a half miles today. I got up around six so that I, and then at the end of the day yesterday was three point five miles. My little five k little dog Georgia is with me, and so um, it's it's uh, far better for my health. It's better for my appearance. It's better for the way I feel. It's better for my energy. And I would say if there's anybody who wants to lose forty pounds and think you can't. I, I can test. I can testify that's- that you can.
1: Wow! Congratulations, mm. Bill, and I know Georgia enjoys getting those steps in with you.
2: Oh yes, those little feet do keep up.
1: <laughs> what about yourself, Matt?
0: Uh, great job, Bill. That's that's a uh, that's inspiring. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I am a I'm a husband to a, a strong, beautiful woman, and a, and a father to two teenage girls, and uh, both at, at West Forsyth High School, and um, that's not a secret, uh, but. The thing that I, my hobby is uh, I've got a workshop basement and my niche is making things out of uh, reclaimed materials. It's a lot of fun to, to use old bent misshapen wood or bourbon barrels or whiskey barrels or golf clubs and figure out a way to make a, an old wooden persimmon golf club head into a desktop duck paperweight or something wow. like that. So that's a lot of fun. And it gives me a lot of pleasure and, and it's always fun to try and figure out it it's, it's, it's a nod towards my uh, creative problem solving. I like to figure out how to make something out of something that doesn't have a flat edge to begin with.
1: Wow. And you know what? Now that you say that, because we're connected on Facebook, I've seen some photos of things, but I didn't put the two and two together that that was your craftsmanship or yeah. your hobby. Very neat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll have to go back and look now that I understand the creator.
3: Matt makes some incredible American flags. Oh, thank you. Did you make the one for
1: Steve with the shotgun shells? I did. Oh, very cool. He loves that. It's hanging in his office above the window.
3: I I get a lot of uh,
0: enjoyment and and fulfillment out of uh, donating those to local charity auctions and things like that as well.
1: So for those of you who don't have a visual, he created and helped me out if I slaughter it, but basically a box frame. And the shotgun shells were of a variety of colors. These ones were specifically red and blue. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. So you (laughs) made the American flag or a a smaller version of it. And it's very cool. Uh, Right. Super patriotic. Mm -hmm. And Carter?
3: My passion is flying. So I am a instrument rated pilot. I fly purely for therapy. I used to fly. I got my license originally so that I could visit my kids at college. Uh, my son went to Kansas, which was a pretty good flight away. But my daughter went to Elon, which is about an hour and a half flight away. And uh, I wanted to be able to go see them. So,
1: Do you have a little Cessna?
3: No, I have Cirrus. Okay. And I actually, I'm in a club that owns like 10 Cirruses. So I just uh, grab a club plane and go, go fly it whenever I need to uh, Get my air. Get dose of miles. therapy. Uh, when you're in the air, it's just breathtaking, and cell phones don't work, and emails don't work. And wow. it's, Sounds like heaven. It's you and the where clouds. Where do you
1: take off and land? Is it a little uh, little small airport, or is it generally, a grass field? Or
3: Generally, it's Peachtree to Cab, mm-hmm. and uh, they do have airplanes at uh, the other airports around at um, McCollum, and, as well as uh, Gwinnett.
1: Very cool. And yeah. again, oh, I'm not a social media stalker, but I did recently see you change your profile or something picked to like two wings. And I was like, oh, I wonder what the significance of the planes are in Garter's World. And lo and <laughs> behold, you are a pilot.
3: Yes, I I, I really enjoy it. And uh, especially here in the southeast, I can just take a Sunday morning and fly to Jekyll <sighs> Island, have breakfast and fly back. Oh, that's That's, cool. that's awesome.
1: How long did it take you, how many, um, I'm going to get this wrong, flight hours did you have to accumulate before you were able to acquire your license?
3: So, for me, it took about 40 hours, and that's about average. Some people can do it in a lot less. Some people, takes them a lot longer. And then I got those 40 hours in about six months.
1: Very cool. And then
3: about a year later, I got my instrument rating, so I can... Fly in the clouds without looking outside.
1: Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. For those of our listeners just joining us, I'm speaking with Dr. Bill Lampton, who is the biz communications guy. Also, Matt Henderson, a benefits advisor for Oak Bridge and the Carter Patterson of Coming Cigar. Um... We've had such a great conversation. I told you that the time would fly by so quickly. We're at about 40 minutes now, and I do want to give you a chance to offer our listeners some closing thoughts, maybe a nugget of wisdom, or some personal advice before we say adios. And I'm getting the deer in the headlights looks, but we'll go with Dr. Bill, because I know you you can play good radio with me, Dr. Bill.
2: I love playing radio with you. (laughs) Well, I think a, a closing thought would be that I know I, I of, course, of course, I'm a speech coach among my presentation skills, we call it. But one one point that I constantly make with any client, whether it's an executive or whether it's the executive's company, one point I often make is we teach so many people how to make presentations, and that's vital and it's important, and I love doing that. but. I think we need to put much more emphasis on teaching people how to listen well, because we have we have more good speakers than we have good listeners. And I I love what Stephen Covey said uh, that many of us, when we're talking with someone talking with someone else, we're not listening. We're waiting to talk. We're, <laughs> we're waiting our turn to speak. And very quickly, he gives five levels of listening. First is ignoring. Of course, none of us would ever be guilty of that. A second one is pretending. You know, you're looking at somebody, and they're talking with you, and meanwhile, you're thinking, gee, what was it I was supposed to pick on the way home today from the groceries? That's pretending. Third is selective, and in selective listening, Amanda, you have called me in for my year-end performance review, and you talk about the good things I've done, and I'm all smiles. But then you start saying, now, Bill, here's some things we need to work on. And all of a sudden, I'm selective listening. And the fourth level, Covey identifies, is attentive listening. Okay, we're getting somewhere now. I'm listening to the words. I'm trying to get the meaning. But the fifth level, which is most important, is empathic listening where we go beyond the words and we do our best to find out what the person is feeling deeply beyond the words behind the words and so i i uh, i often say that listening is one of our most vital skills both interpersonally and in in uh, organizations and yet it's one of the the most neglected so i i i have Constantly taught uh, listening seminars, even beginning when I was a faculty member at Georgia. That that became a fascination of mine.
1: I like that I wrote down uh, the five levels of listening so that I can go back and further deep dive into those. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners, Dr. Bill and Matt.
0: Uh, I was listening, and I'm curious about your uh, off-air. I'd like to know more about your Mississippi roots. Oh, I'm,
1: <laughs>
2: I'm from uh, Columbia, Mississippi, which is near Hattiesburg. Uh, lived there and, until I went away to college and then during my career I have lived in uh, I, I think it was eight different states and my wife at the time said the next state would be the state of insanity but <laughs> now we've lived in in, in Georgia for uh, let's see, I guess a total of nearly four decades probably.
0: And Carter, I was listening to you. I'd like to uh, you to tell me some of your uh, your your harrowing and more interesting pilot
3: stories someday. Yeah. Um, I'll have to take you up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Extreme weather conditions,
3: <laughs> it happens. Literally, take you
2: up. That's right.
1: <laughs> um,
0: my uh, my my thought. My, my parting thought would be uh, ABC: Always be curious. Challenge the status quo doesn't mean upset the status quo. It just means understand. And if you don't like your answers that they that you get, ask more questions. Always ask questions so that you can make the most informed decisions possible and keep an open mind in things. And um, Boy, do we need that today. That's right. That's I right. like that. Mm. ABC, yeah. always I'll be curious. curious.
1: Thank you.
3: Well, if you want to be curious and you want to be a good listener, I encourage everybody to seek out a local service organization. And for those here in Forsyth County, You are welcome to come visit the Lanier Forsyth Club at any time, as well as any of the other clubs. If you don't know how to get there, uh, just reach out to me or Amanda or call the cigar shop or send a message on Facebook. And it's not hard. We'd love to have you. Carter
0: does a great job
3: of leading our club.
1: Thank you. I have not been since you took the reins, but I look forward to joining you in the near future. I will share with you one thing that I think you guys might know. Ted Richardson, he's a fellow Rotarian. Yes. There is a Rotary app for you guys listening who are curious. Um, just download the Rotary app. Look for the, the little symbol and you can just plug in any state, any county, any anywhere and it'll pop up all the meetings. So it's a really good kind of um, basis for what you can attend and what's in your area.
3: It's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Uh, my, parting, my parting wisdom, words of wisdom, will come from a woman whom I interviewed not too long ago on my series Celebrating Powerhouse Women. And she is a chief magistrate court judge. Her name is Christina Bloom. And she says you can control two things in your world, and that is your attitude and your effort. And if your attitude is lacking, beef up your effort. And if your effort is lacking, beef up your attitude. And that's something that I have to think about on a semi-daily basis. So thank you for Christina for leaving me with those words of wisdom. And I'm so glad that I was able to share them with you guys. As I mentioned before, I do want to give our listeners a chance to be able to reach you should they want to learn more about you or find out about your organizations. So Dr. Bill, how can our listeners find you?
2: Easiest way to go to my website, Biz Communication Guy. So quite <laughs> logically, the website is com, And I also invite you... To find me on YouTube, I'm listed there as Bill Lampton, Ph.D., and I have many interviews, including having interviewed Amanda. Many interviews and many short instructional videos there, so I would love to have you subscribe to my YouTube channel.
1: And that biz is with a Z for our listeners, B-I-Z, communications guy. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Matt.
0: Um, Oakbridgeinsurance.com, and they can find me that way and just make an inquiry or just find me on LinkedIn.
3: Uh, Matt Henderson.
1: Perfect. And Carter.
3: I think the best way to tell your listeners to reach out to me was probably to go to Coming Cigars on Facebook and send us a message. And I will definitely get back to you.
1: And that's where you can also find out about their up-and-coming events, like the um, events happening there this weekend, and about future celebrations. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today on Forsyth Business Radio X. It has been my great pleasure spending time with you. For all of you listening out there, please subscribe if you find value in this series. I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn as well, Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H. And uh, for everybody out there in Radio Land, we will see you soon.